Welcome to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast, helping people who want to improve their health and change their mindset around food so they can live the life they were designed and called for. I am your host, Adrian Delgado, and in this podcast, I'll give you step-by-step action plans to reach your health goals, as well as my favorite recipes I know you and your family will enjoy. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Nourish, Eat, Repeat. I'm your host, Adrienne Delgado. I'm a registered dietitian and owner of Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. Guys, today you're in for a special treat because I have a very special guest. Gregory Halpin, author of the food blog, Craving the Yum, is with us today. Gregory, welcome. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you. I am very excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Of course. So, you know, let's jump in. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a food blogger? Uh, yes. Um, so I'm Gregory and I'm the author of Craving the Um, a food blog. And so it kind of surfaced during the pandemic. Um, I was originally going into um, master's, my master's studies, become a psychotherapist. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's going to work for me because my heart wasn't in it. And uh, so I've always loved to cook and I've always loved baking and, and I've always followed other food bloggers. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I think, you know, something inside of me said, you can do that. So lo and behold, you know, to make a long story short, Craving the Yum was born. So let me get this straight. You were in the middle of your master's program. Well, I'm in the middle. I'm at the end of my bachelor's. I graduate this month. And then, yeah, I've already, I already had my master's school picked out and my recommendation letters and the whole thing. And I'm like, (laughs) wait a minute. So the pandemic said, stop, because that's, you know, your heart's really not in it. Yeah. Thank goodness you had that moment of clarity before. (laughs) Yes. Before putting in all that time and money and investment into something that your heart wasn't into. So, so that's awesome. So you keep going. We're, we're all in, we're interested. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I love there, I love psychology. I love um, social psychology. I'm really, it's some, a huge passion of mine. Um, I just don't think I have, I don't have the patience, I guess, to hold space to be a therapist. Um, I would make a good therapist, but I'm like, you know, I'm very creative. I'm also a singer. I do, I perform. And so I just want to really spend time on being a creative person um, during this next chapter of my life, you know, turning 50, you know, you have to like reassess things. And um, yeah, so that's where I am with craving the yum. That was, that's how it was born. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about the blog and what specific, is there specific recipes that you like to create or, or tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I originally started, created the blog, very general, and then Craving the Yum just came sort of accidentally. Um, I mean, I did a lot of word association and then something just came to me like, the word yum just felt really good. And some, you know, we crave certain foods. 
some healthy and some unhealthy. So I'm trying to really focus on creating healthy options, but not healthy options where it's like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not really into eating cardboard, but I want to make these recipes taste good as well and easy to make. And, and there's also a spin to it where I also focus on helping people who are recovering from chemotherapy. Okay. Tell us more about that. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, in 2016, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma and I went through about seven months of chemo treatment. So it's like 14 treatments. And, um, it was like a very difficult, um, treatment period. And so, Two years later, I'm just starting to feel better. I'm starting to get my bounce back, (laughs) starting to feel like myself again. And so I feel like I have some knowledge about what that is like and what eating was like during treatment and during the past two, two and a half years when, um, when you think like, okay, you have cancer, so you should really eat well and you should really treat your body better. But honestly, sometimes that doesn't happen. I mean, Sometimes it doesn't take cancer to wake you up and say, you know, you really should start eating healthier. Um, Sometimes it just comes much later in life. How was your diet before your diagnosis? Oh, (laughs) so, (laughs) um, well, I did eat healthy, but it was very inconsistent. But I did eat a lot, I ate a lot of, consumed a lot of sugar, a lot of carbohydrates. Um, The, the cancer and the chemo just kind of cracked open the floodgates a little bit in terms of what I was eating and how much I was eating. And after that happened, I just, you know, I just went for it. I'm like, I'm just going to eat anything and everything. And um, so, yeah, sugar is kind of the main culprit in my story. (laughs) Okay. So diet was, Okay. We'll call it okay. Inconsistent at best. Um, Mm -hmm. And then where was your diet during chemo? Because I know everybody has different side effects, different things Mm -hmm. that they're dealing with, whether it could be nausea, vomiting, you know, bowel Mm -hmm. issues, metallic taste in the mouth. Like where was, where were you at in your journey? I was, um, well, my oncologist, reassured me that I'll, you know, I'll experience some side effects, but it shouldn't be too bad. But I was like, wait a minute, that's, that doesn't make sense. Cause I'm like experiencing probably every single side effect that you could. And, um, I just reached for foods that felt comforting to me. I needed that. I needed that, um, thing to comfort me and to make me feel like just for a moment, just make me feel, forget about the treatments, even if it's just for, you know, during that meal, which could be, I hate to admit it, but like uh, Stouffer's lasagna, frozen lasagna, that was like a major, you know, comfort to me. Yeah. Well, I mean, being in tune with what does my body need right now is mm-hmm. a form of self-care. So, you know, do, does I need something cold right now? Do I need something warm? Do I need something comforting? Do I need something you know, sweet. So, you know, like that's still a part of self-care that we don't need to apologize for. It's just you realizing I got to get through this. (laughs) 
Yes. And so how can I do that? Um, and, you know, as best as I can take care of myself well, but also acknowledge that my body is at war right now and I need to treat it with kindness. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So you said two years, you know, you're finally feeling like you're getting your bounce back. How is your diet now? Now that your uh, treatments are over. It's pretty, it's pretty good. I mean, it's not perfect, but um, last August, I just made, took a stance and I said, you know what, I'm going to turn this around because I had some other health issues like pre-diabetes and then high cholesterol just do as a result from the way I was eating. Plus the chemotherapy kind of contributed to that as well. But I said, nope, I'm going to stop. I'm going to do something about it. And I started intermittent fasting which, um, I mean, there are many ways you can do it. I kind of gave it my own spin and lo and behold, like 70 pounds later, I'm like, Whoa, I lost 70 pounds. And that's like the very first thing out of all the things that I've tried over the years that stuck. And I'm like, this is just weird because nothing has ever, I've never followed through with diets before. And in terms of I want to, I want to talk to that a little bit because a lot of times I give the advice to my clients. We just have to figure out what works best for you. There's like a hundred different ways to do this. There's no right or wrong. As long as, you know, you're not harming yourself in the process, but you know, we have to figure out what works best for you. And people will say, well, how do I know what that is? And I usually tell them, well, number one, you like doing it. It's not a complete hardship where you, you know, you feel burdened by it. And number two, it works. (laughs) I mean, really, that's what it comes down to. If you can continue doing it because you don't mind the process and you get results, that's kind of how, you know, you found your way. (laughs) Exactly. I can totally agree with that. And with this intermittent fasting, you can, you can kind of tweak it a little bit. And um, there's some, well, I think the sell for me was it wasn't so much about what you can eat, but like when you can eat it and maybe how much you can eat because I'm like a binge eater in general. And so it just kind of gave me permission to kind of gradually let go of the foods that were just not healthy for me instead of saying, okay, you got to stop this right now and you've got to stop eating that. Um, and so, yeah, it just felt really flexible to me. Awesome. So tell me your spin on intermittent fasting. Now I'm curious. (laughs) Well, I kind of just knew the concept of it. I didn't, I read it, I researched it a little bit and I kind of understood the different timeframes you can use, but I didn't really do in-depth. So what I did was I chose like a timeframe where let's say I would start, I would eat at 7am, do like really decent eating during um, between seven and five. Then after five o'clock, I would not eat anything. I mean, maybe drink water, maybe a piece of fruit. But at the beginning, I really didn't eat anything after five o'clock. And um, a couple of months later, I was, I was noticing that some of my behaviors, some of my eating behaviors started to stop. And I think that was the key for me is understanding which behaviors I had that needed to change. So tell us those. 
<laughs> That's what we yeah. want to know. Yeah. Like, well, how did you, you know, it's so great. Like so many of us were trying, we're struggling because we're trying to figure out how do we attack that one behavior that we're looking to get rid of. In your case, you did one thing and you just noticed they started disappearing. So I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah. So um, having a, getting the degree in psychology, I mean, I have one degree already, and then this is my second degree. I got to explore behavioral psychology a little bit. And what I understand is like a lot of how we behave, a lot of how we are, it's not only, you know, emotional or psychological, but there's a behavioral aspect to that makes up um, the things we do. We have thoughts. I think thoughts can turn into emotions and then we get triggered. And that's kind of like where what happened to me is like, I'll get triggered. I didn't know what was triggering me. So every time I get triggered, I would reach for food. And I think I would do that all day. I was a grazer, but I didn't just graze. I like, you know, I just kept eating. Um, so understanding my triggers helped me to kind of take a step back and kind of work. Like if a trigger came up or, or an emotion came up, I now kind of just stop and I kind of work through it and I kind of explore the feelings that are coming up. And then it just allows me to just not um, react and not be compulsive. Okay. So I'm going to dig just a little bit deeper with that. Cause I think you're <laughs> yes. like, you're sitting on a landmine of, of valuable information that can help us. How do you work through it? Well, therapy is a good one. <laughs> it's a good start. <laughs> um, I always, I always advocate for therapy, um, for psychotherapy, but I mean, I've always been a psychotherapy person. I just felt like that was always the best approach to um, healing emotional considerations um, until I learned about behavior. So um, that is one of them. Another one is, um, and funny because the, the pandemic in a way through isolation and through not being able to go anywhere, you sort of kind of forced to be with yourself right. <laughs> and sit with your feelings. And maybe some people aren't able to do that, but I feel fortunate enough to be able to take the time to sit in the discomfort of emotion and or uncomfortable emotion. Um, so and I think therapy kind of started that. Nice. Okay. So now you've come to this point where, you know, you're changing your body, you're changing your health habits. You realize there's something to this creative part of me that wants to do more using, you know, even utilizing your background in, in psychology to, to help people. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm going to be a food blogger. So (laughs) Was that just a, just one day it came to you? Like, I think I can do this. Or has it been something that you've always considered? Um, That's interesting that you ask that because I think I've always struggled with figuring out what I wanted to do with my life. Because I mean, after high school, I went immediately into studying musical theater and acting. And I did that for a long time. And I, that was like such a, focus that I didn't really focus on like what would happen if 
that didn't work out. Uh, so it was, that's really interesting. I think I might need to look into that and to really understand like how did food blogging come about? I mean, there are like snippets of reasons, but I'm, I'm curious about that too. Thank you for asking that. <laughs> well, I know for me, when I wrote my book, it was never meant to be a book. It was a, um, I was sitting with my girlfriends at, for breakfast one morning and I was sharing a story about something one of my kids did. And I remember my friend looked over at me and she said, you are writing all of this stuff down, right? And I said, of course not. I mean, who has time to write this stuff down? I'll remember. And then like two weeks later, I'm having a conversation with my mom and telling her something that one of my kids did. And she said to me, now, Adrian, don't you remember when your, you know, one of your other kids did that? And it dawned on me, oh my gosh, I don't remember this at all. Like couldn't recollect any of the, the of it happening. And so I started realizing maybe my memory isn't as sharp as what I thought it was. I should write some of these stories down. And then all of a sudden I decide I'm going to do a personal blog. Next thing I know, the personal blog, you know, births into a book that I ended up writing, um, in 2019. So, you know, it's not like maybe one particular moment was like you said, it's a bunch of snippets along the way that all start to come together and you start to see, huh, maybe I have something here. So mm -hmm. I think it's fantastic. Um, now, so tell me about the blog, what kind of recipes do you feature? Um, we'll start with that first. Cause I got a ton of questions. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. And just to kind of piggyback up off of what you said, it's just interesting how things manifest just kind of accidentally and not forced. And that's, that's kind of when things, the really cool things happen and take off. And I think that's what happened with Craving the Yum as how your, um, how your journey unfolded with your work, um, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, so yes. tell us about yeah, this. So <laughs> yeah, so Craving the Yum is, on the blog, I kind of, it's evolving, you know, I started out my first recipe and photograph, I'm a phot photographer as well, and I love telling a story through the food that I make, um, was uh, two piece, two rice cakes and some avocado spread on the rice cakes, that, that was like my first thing, <laughs> and now I'm like making these really cool things. Um, so I have been moving more in the direction of like simple, natural ingredient, um, recipes that may take four ingredients, five ingredients, maybe even three <laughs> ingredients, um, and just really simplifying it. Cause I'm finding the further I get into this, the more I like want to simplify my life and I want to live more, um, minimalistically. And it just feels comfortable. Yeah. I mean, I would say the majority of the clients that come into my office, that's what they want. They want simple, you know, they don't want something that's going to take 45 minutes and, you know, 30 different ingredients. It's how do I pull dinner together with something I have in the pantry that I know everybody will eat because it doesn't have all these complicated sauces or um, ingredients that are going to you know, somebody's going to complain about, um, I grew up in Lancaster County. So everything was very simple, like 
baked chicken, plain baked potato, corn. <laughs> that was dinner. Like there was no sauce pulling it together. There was no fancy marinades. It was just one ingredient recipes, like sweet potato. You didn't have to know what was in it because it was just the sweet potato. Um, so I can resonate with simple and easy. It doesn't have to be complicated. So I, I appreciate simple. Um, Thank you. So, and it's also interesting too, like when you're starting a project like that, especially a creative project, you didn't start out with, you know, some fancy French recipe. You started out with rice cakes and avocado spread, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's funny because we actually, we do some meal planning at, um, at Body Metrics. So for people that need help and inspiration and ideas and, um, you know, a lot of people, they want all these different recipes, which we're happy to help them with. Um, but every once in a while, we'll throw in some simple recipes. And, you know, I remember reading uh, a feedback on one of on our survey that we give out. And, you know, I think it was like apples and peanut butter. And the person was like, I was really hoping for more, uh, you know, complicated recipes, you know, not simple things. I was like, huh. Cause I'm the complete opposite. You know, when I can see snack apples and peanut butter done, I know exactly what that is. I can put it together, move on, you know, versus like pulling out my pots and pans for a snack idea. You know, it's, but everybody has their own preference and, and it's not to say that he was right. And I'm, you know, or I'm right. It's just, you know, I'm about simple, get the job done and move forward. <laughs> I love that. And I make these, I make these, um, really cool meals, these recipes, but like on a typical day for a snack or even like sometimes for just a meal, I'll just take rice cakes with peanut butter, cut banana and put it on there and just eat those. And it just feels like it feels really good. And it tastes amazing to me. Yeah. Especially when you can start combining crunchy, creamy, salty, kind yeah. of sweet, you're checking off all the boxes. Maybe I'll add some dark chocolate eventually to that mix and then, then we'll have like gold. <laughs> yeah. Or even unsweetened coconut flakes, right? If you wanted to, mm. to even throw oh. that in or both, right? That, sound, that sounds yummy. <laughs> so where do you find your inspiration for your recipes? Um, I kind of pull from different directions. I pull from, you know, things that my mom made um, growing up, uh, ideas that I saw on a cooking show on television like months, months back. Um, and sometimes I take old classics like chocolate chip cookies or salads, um, peanut butter cookies, and just kind of add my own twist to it. Like um, I'll take, so I just recently made these peanut butter cookies. And what I did is it's a five ingredients. Um, Instead, I added oatmeal to it and then a little bit of cayenne pepper to kind of give it a little kick. So, um, and it, they're gluten-free as well. And, and it really, it tastes so yummy, especially with that uh, cayenne pepper. I'll be honest, I would never, ever think to put <laughs> cayenne pepper in my peanut butter cookie recipe. Um, but I trust you if you say it works. Um, yeah, there's, some, there's something about the peanut butter and the sweet with cayenne pepper that just, I know they really go well together, just like um, the cayenne pepper goes, pairs really well with chocolate. It's that sweet, hot thing that really yeah. tastes good. Wow. 
So do you tend to stick more with, you know, like the snacks and the sweet foods, or are you also venturing into the dinner ideas and breakfast and lunch as well? I am venturing more into the, the breakfast, lunch and dinner, um, and moving sort of moving away from desserts right now. Like I was doing a lot of that. And when you're making desserts and you have, you're styling them, you have this really cool setup on your table and you're designing the props and all of that. And all of a sudden you're like eating the cookies and I'm like, okay, I can't, I can't keep up with this. So I kind of shifted gears a little bit and started starting to focus on like salads and salad dressings and soups. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I know baking is always a great first step when you're getting yeah. into cooking because you can work at your own pace. And so you probably can stop multiple times, even take pictures of what you're doing to, like you said, tell your story. Um, but cooking's a little bit more involved in timing. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, that's exciting. The, yeah. Cause the food gets cold during the shoot, during the photo shoot, cause you're styling and you're like, adjusting and you're scraping away um, crumbs and stuff like that so the the food gets cold and you're like i don't want to eat that but the desserts are fine that way so it's it's much easier to grab at that and that's why i make the healthier desserts because if i'm gonna do that i'd rather them be healthy than not (laughs) yeah so do you follow any besides the intermittent fasting do you follow any other special dietary, I don't know if I want to call it trends or, you know, different ideas when it comes to eating a healthy diet? Um, Well, the intermittent fasting is definitely one of them. And then like, I'm really getting into plant-based foods um, and doing something with sugar as in terms of um, not eating processed sugar, but using more like agave syrup, which kind of has a lower glycemic index, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, so I just, I don't know. I think the simplicity part of it and the minimalistic part of it is kind of, is taking the reins right now. I'm yeah. really getting into that. And what is your your hope or your vision for this food blog? Oh my goodness. I have so many, like, I'm so excited about this. There's a food block. I can talk about another food block. There's another one that I really, I really love and I really appreciate. And it's called fitmencook.com. And it's like, it's so cool because he has like, I want to have products. I want to like have a line of spices and maybe teas and, and maybe do some video classes and stuff like that. So I have this, like, I have this idea of my blog growing into this, um, multi-media, multi-functional resource for people to go to. And is it for, is it, who's your audience? Is it people that have gone through chemotherapy? Is it for anyone just looking to make simple changes to their diet? I think it's both. I mean, I do, I do focus. I would like to focus on people who are healing, um, who are recovering from chemotherapy Um, but I'm finding a lot of people who are not are loving my recipes. So I think I'm hitting both, both sides, which is really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anytime that we can share our gifts with others, 
and and make a difference, even if it's just giving them an, a quick recipe or a, a substitution for something that they're maybe they're even going through treatment and they're, you know, I'm craving something sweet right now. And one, maybe one of your recipes brings them just a healthier version of it so they can accomplish both, right? They can improve their health and eat something that takes care of them in the moment. I mean, wouldn't that be the perfect marriage of, of all yeah, of it? Absolutely. And this person wasn't like, um, he, she wasn't recovering from chemo, but like, I really knew at all this. And it was really cool to hear her say, Oh my God, I tried these. I tried your lemon bar recipes and I loved it. And, but the, I didn't make the crust right. So I'm going to go out and buy lemons and make it again. Um, here are some photographs. And I'm like, Oh my God, did I, did I like inspire that? It was really cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was cool. That's amazing. Uh, that makes me so happy to hear that you're using your story and your experience and you've woven it into something really beautiful and now impacting the world because of it. So thank you yeah. for sharing your gifts. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. And I think also it, it helps me a lot. It's helping me really look at myself and really um, go deeper into who I am. And it, it, it's making me face things, which I really appreciate. Oh. All right. Yeah. So where do we find this blog? You can find this blog. Um, it's called Craving the Yum. Um, and it's cravingtheyum.com. And that's it. Essentially, you just follow that. You can find it on um, Instagram, Craving the Yum, and Facebook at Craving the Yum. Um, and those are the three main sources. Awesome. And now Tess, you said right before the show, before we started taping, you also mentioned you had an exciting project that you just launched. I don't know if you want to share that. Oh my God. Yeah. So I, I, I just went for it. I started a podcast. It's called Craving the Um, the podcast. Um, I hope I'm not confusing people, you know, Craving the Um blog, Craving the Um podcast. But anyways, that's you're that, using the same be, words. You're good. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> You're like a pro. So I totally, I believe that. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. And I launched it two days ago. And so far it's been, it's been great, great responses. Good. Well, we're always looking for um, new ideas and new inspiration. So guys, check it out. All right, Gregory, at the end of every one of our episodes, we share a recipe or a, an idea, something that's quick, fairly quick and easy. Um, nothing with too many ingredients, although I don't think that will be a problem since we're talking to you in simplicity. Um, but if you wouldn't mind sharing a recipe with our listeners, that would be fantastic. I would love that. And I have the perfect one. It's a salad. It's kale and corn salad. And it's essentially just, um, let's look at my ingredients, but it's, it's basically just kale, uh, corn, corn on the cob, um, green zucchini, carrot dressing that I make, and uh, purple onion and salt and pepper. And that's it. And you take the kale and you blanch it. Um, instead of just eating like the raw cow, which I find if you blanch it, it just, I don't know, it's easier to chew and all of that stuff. And that's Okay, it. so I'm going to stop you real quick because not everybody knows how to blanch. So yes, 
So blanching means that you boil some water and then you submerge the cow into the water for like just two minutes, maybe just enough to kind of um, deepen the color. It'll turn much greener and then soften just a little bit. And that's it. That's essentially what blanching is. And then do you immediately put it in an ice bath to stop the I cooking did. process? Yes. Hey, you read my mind. That's what I did. I had an ice bath and I submerged it um, immediately after to stop the cooking. And there you have it. You have um, kale. Because I know a lot of people, at least the people that I know, um, they're like, kale? Oh, my God. I don't know if I can do that. But if, if you blanch it first, it's, it's sort of like, not like spinach, but it kind of gives it that same flair. But you can always substitute spinach if you're not a fan, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Spinach, field greens, arugula, any kind of thing. I just use, I chose kale because kale is so packed with nutrients, um, in my opinion, and, and it, there's more fiber and it's just more like, it's more hearty. I love hearty foods. Yeah. Now I've also heard while I'm talking to you, since you're, you're the, the expert food blogger here. Um, do you, I've also heard you can take kale and massage it with some salt and that can also make it a little bit more pliable, a little bit softer. And then obviously you have to rinse it off really well before you, you work with it. Do you still, um, have you ever used that method or you just really prefer the blanching over that? Just me being curious and nosy. <laughs> oh yeah, I've never tried that method, but I understand salt, you know, has always been used as a preservative way before preservatives, um, like man-made preservatives or human-made preservatives were ever in existence. Um, but I think it pulls out the moisture and kind of, you know, it's like a, a tenderizer in a sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I prefer if, to do the blanching because it's just simpler and, um, yeah, it's just simpler. Yeah. And I always, I, now just for me personally, whenever I'm working with kale, I always pull the leaves off of the spine because that yes. spine is really tough. So if you're working with kale and you haven't done it before, you know, make sure that you're, I almost like fold it over in half and hold on to the spine with one hand and then rip the leaves off with my mm -hmm. other hand. That's just how I personally do it. I don't know if that's the right way, um, but that's just how, how I usually go about, um, preparing my kale if I'm going to use it in a recipe. No, that makes sense because you, I don't think you really can eat the stalks or the vine or the vein. Um, maybe like the middle part of it, you can once it's blanched or even sauteed, but like, as you get lower um, on the leaf, then it's like, you can't really, it's like too, <laughs> it's too woody. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. has a, a pretty intense texture and <laughs> Yeah. It's, just, it's not going to go well. So stick with yeah. the leaf. <laughs> yeah. And, and then can you share how to make the carrot dressing? Cause I'm very. Yes. Uh, so I take, like I'm exper experimenting with it. Um, I tried carrots just raw um, and it turned pretty good, but it's a carrot, tea, a carrot ginger dressing where it's just carrots, uh, fresh ginger, um, apple cider vinegar, maybe a little agave, salt and pepper, uh, and that's it. And you just may put it in a blender or a food processor on high until it's really, you know, until it's creamy. And then and you are have you a adding very- olive oil or are you adding any base I do add, besides I vinegar? Do, I do add, add olive oil. Thank you for reminding me. That's another- like That might be a little tart, just straight up ACV, <laughs> but sure, we can try it. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I do, I do add olive oil, which um, adds to the flavor. And that's really it. And then I'm trying to like, I want to see what happens if I blanch, here we go with the blanching, blanch the carrots again, or maybe just loosen them up a little bit to see how, like, I like a creamy salad dressing. This one's kind of like, um, it's not creamy, but it still tastes amazing. So yeah. I'm going to experiment. Yeah. Well, keep us posted and we'll keep our eye out for it on the blog. So that way we can have the full recipe. Um, when, when you're, when you're through with all your experiments and then we'll just reap all the, the good tastiness of your, of your hard work. <laughs> yes. And this, and this recipe is kind of, um, like if you sign up for my newsletter, you kind of get a free, um, mini cookbook. It's like, I have a series that I'm working on. I'm doing the mini and then I'm doing, um, a bigger version that I'm selling. And then some of the money is going to go towards a cancer organization, and then the big one's going to be the big cookbook. But if you sign up for the newsletter, you get the free mini cookbook and that recipe will be in it. And it will take you to my website where you have to put in a password to get the recipe. And it's kind of fun and exciting and like a little um, treasure hunt <laughs> kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love everything about it. Well, Gregory, I just want to thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for inspiring us to maybe even try our own hand at recipe creation and how we can use our creativity to really help and inspire others. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. And this was um, fun and enjoyable. And thank you. Of course. All right, guys, that's all we have for today. Uh, I hope you have a fabulous day and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Nourish, Eat, Repeat podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please rate, review, and share with others so we can reach and help more people. For more information about nutrition, how to work with a dietitian, or about any of our programs, visit our website at bodymetricspa.com. Or you can find us on socials. We're on Instagram at Bodymetrics Health or on Facebook at Bodymetrics Health and Wellness Services. The book, Nourish, Eat, Repeat, is available on our website and Amazon in both paperback and ebook versions. Once again, I'm Adrienne Delgado, and I'll see you next week.